Welcome to Let's Go, where you will hear about lives that have been transformed by the power of God. You'll see and hear real stories of real people going to real places far away whose lives are changed as God uses them to impact the lives of others for His glory. Get ready to see people experience God's love and power. Let's go. Welcome to Let's Go. I'm Darren Slack, your host. And with me today is Pastor Tony Nardella. Pastor, how are you? It's good to be back, Darren. I'm fine. Pastor Tony is the founder of Heart of Titus Ministries, and we're so excited to have this opportunity to encourage you in another episode about Heart of Titus and what it's doing around the world. Where are the areas that Heart of Titus is influencing the most? What have you seen over the 25, 30 years of ministry you've been doing? We have done most of our ministry, maybe half of our trips or more, in the country of Ecuador. And, you know, and we've been all over that country. There's a few places we haven't been, but you know, all the major and you know, intermediate cities we've been to. And you've been a lot of other places in South America as well. Yeah, you know, we, uh, we've kind of, if you could draw a line down from Central America to South America, all along the, the Pacific coast. Okay, um, are there other continents? We've been to Africa and Asia and Europe. So you really are having a worldwide impact. Well, by God's grace, you know, we go where he sends us. <laughs> Let's talk about that. You go where he sends us. There is power in an invitation, isn't there? Yes, there is. Um, I think of uh, Luke 10, which is one of the iterations of Jesus' instructions to the apostles when he sent them out. And you see there that if you find a son of peace or a man of peace, and he welcomes you into his house. In other words, he says, yeah, I like what you're saying. Why don't you come down? Let's, let's have a cup of coffee and talk about it. Uh, if you find that guy, then go there and bless the house and, and share what God's given you. That sounds like a strategy that Jesus was laying out. Uh, yeah, and there are many church planning movements and other missionary movements that have adopted that. We adopted probably more literally, where if somebody invites us and we, we feel like it's you know, it's a genuine invitation where they really want to hear what we have to say, then we'll go. Now, you've been at this 25, 30 years. What types of relationships have you built? Who do you work with primarily when you go into a country? Now, that's a great question. You know, obviously it differs from place to place. Some places we deal with uh, pastors and church leaders. Other places we deal with uh, just ordinary Joes that have a passion for to see what God's doing. When I say ordinary Joe, I mean somebody who doesn't necessarily serve at, in his church as a pastor or as an evangelist, but he's somebody who loves the Lord with all his heart and somebody that God has connected us with. So you plan a trip. How do you have a, people in country that help you? Is that part? Are they part of the Heart of Titus team? That's absolutely true. And it's to me, it's actually a confirmation that God has called us to that place. We went to one country in Central America recently. Um, Pat and I had not been there for 13 years, um, but you know, COVID and everything that happened in between, I mean, life gets interesting. And there was one contact that invited us. And so we went and immediately the Lord brought us translators, uh, additional coordinators and pastors that really took to us. And we saw that God was knitting something together for not just one trip, but for other trips. So by identifying this man of peace, this pastor mm -hmm. or other leader, God really uses that to structure trips that allow you to go in and out of different churches and build what you call long-term relationships on short-term trips. Well, that's right. That's right. There has to be somebody there, on, on a, first of all, on a very practical level, 
you know, anytime you leave your home city, you're you're dealing with dangerous territory. I mean, you don't really know what you not you don't really know where you are. You don't know what the customs are. How much more so when you go overseas? And to have somebody that you know has your heart and has your back, uh, and say, hey, Tony, let's go to this place. It's fine. These people will receive you. Or, but let's go this way because we don't want to go where you know you don't want to go through that neighborhood or whatever. Uh, here's food that I think would be good for uh, North Americans to eat. It, it it gets that practical. Well, I've been I've been amazed in my own experience on the trips that some of the people you have are truly heroes of the faith. I mean, they really have um, stored up treasures in heaven for the way that they have served and been humble and so willing to do whatever was necessary. In many many cases, 15, 16 hours a day, just taking care of us. There's been a, quite a few of those people over the years, and. Uh, you know, a shout out to Pastor Leonardo Naranjo yes. from Quito, Ecuador, drives us all over that country, uh, day and night. I don't think there's agendas. a street he doesn't know the way to. I mean, that guy is a gifted GPS uh, driver because he never gets lost. <laughs> well, that's true. And, you know, you think traffic is bad in the United States. I mean, try other places. And, oh, my gosh, but whenever there's a problem, he always knows a way around it. That's what I think is so important is when you're talking about these relationships you're building, you're building a bedrock foundation upon which others like myself and other team members can come and benefit from the favor God has given us with these people in country. And I think that's a big part of what Paul's ministry was, is that his heart when he wrote his letters, he always shared his affection for the people that he had built relationship with. That, that was the, the tether that kept them connected despite what it had to mention issues or anything like that, there was a love that, that, that brought them together. You experienced that with many of the folks down there, don't you? It, it's amazing, uh, the love that God will grow in the most unlikely places. And we see in Titus's life in 2 Corinthians 7 that he experienced that on his first trip to Corinth, and he was able to brag to Paul about how much they not only loved Paul, but how well they treated him. And that, that it's part of it. I mean, it becomes addictive. There's a number of things that become addictive. Uh, seeing God's power displayed, uh, like I have not seen quite as much at home. I have seen it at home, but overseas, oh my gosh, the healings, the fillings with the Spirit, the deliverances and so forth. Even talking to people who have been raised from the dead. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. But that, although that's very um, attractive, uh, the, the most addictive thing is the love and the, and the that God grows between people of different cultures and nations. Amen. Amen. I've, I've experienced that myself as my own heart has tenderized towards many of the people. I look forward to seeing them again, even when I haven't been with you, to go down there and be connected with them again. I don't even speak the language like you do, and I'm still able to feel that connection because of the times we've been. They're so warm and receptive. Let's talk about these things you see happen when you go down there. You're talking about healings and ministry miracles, and and how does that transpire? I mean, you you go down there, you have a scheduled meeting to go into a church. What what takes place when you see these ministry things happen? Well, how does the the schedule happen? Well, yeah. you know, on the first trip, you know, you're basically going on one invitation, and then you see what God does from there. But if you're talking about a place that we have visited many times, uh, Ecuador or Peru or Guatemala or whatever. Uh, usually, the there's you have a coordinator. God will lead somebody who can 
coordinate your schedule for you. You can line up translators, transportation. If you bring a team, and we always go in teams, if there's more than one preacher, we like to try to get them preaching. So on a Sunday, you might have, if you have five people on your team, you might have five different churches at one time. Wow. And then others that are added on top of that if there's a second service or a third service or whatever. And somebody has to coordinate all that. And somebody has to coordinate how they're, who's going to pick you up at what time. And, you know, not everybody is as punctual around the world as North Americans are can, or can be or Western Europeans, but um, it works out. And it's just amazing, you know, the service and the work that our people on the ground there do to help us fulfill the call of God on our lives. Right. So as we're looking at what this ministry is doing, we, we've talked about it previous episodes that this is not just a missions ministry, it's a discipleship ministry, and it has apostolic overtones in the sense that God has given you favor with these pastors to influence their ministry, to affect the culture, if you will, what's going on. How do you see that from a biblical standpoint in terms of your role as someone who's come alongside and really had an impact on them and they and they give you that opportunity to influence them that way? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's, that's a mystery to me how all that's come up. Um, we didn't set out with that uh, being the idea. I know that um, about 10 years into this, uh, I'd gotten a prophetic word from somebody I'd met once, but I uh, knew my daughter well, and he said that your ministry is going to change from evangelistic prophetic to apostolic pastoral. I go, I, I didn't even know what that meant. But over, over the years, as I meditate on that, I see that I've become kind of a big brother, or you might even say a father, uh, to some church leaders and pastors and others. Um, and of course, with the, with the improvement in technology, especially in the last 15 years, uh, we, we, we are able to continue to communicate um, where it was very difficult just 15, 20 years ago to, to talk with these people if you weren't in country with them. So now, like for example, you and I, we do a monthly um, seminar on Zoom uh, on hearing the voice of God and the spiritual gifts. And, um, and so many people that we've touched over the years, they, they jump in on that call and we have a chance to not only talk with them and teach them, but also minister to them and with them. So I think it's it's pretty amazing as I observe you that they trust you enough to to allow you into their circle, into that circle of trust where you can influence not, not, you're not deciding things that are happening in the church per se, but you're you're giving wisdom and insight and they're taking counsel from you where you're an outsider. You're not from there, right? I mean, mm -hmm. isn't that a big deal that they would do that? It, it is. I mean, I don't we don't take it lightly. Um, you know, I had a Peruvian pastor, close friend, uh, tell me years ago that, you know, Tony, um, apostolic ministry and covering, if you want to call it that, is 95% counsel. And um, it's just giving advice. It's just, you know, suggesting perhaps a more efficient or, you know, a better way of doing things sometimes. Um, it's, and it's helping get into people's, you know, people have troubles and problems, and sometimes we get a chance to... Um, help them through that, pray them through it, share scriptures related to that. Um, but that, that phenomenon is a, I believe there's a grace that God has put on certain individuals. And I know the Apostle Paul had this, that where others in faraway countries could recognize quickly that there's a grace of God on, that, on the life of that person 
to be a blessing and a help to them. And so it, to me, it's all what God does. Um, you see in Galatians 2, it's a little bit different context, but there's the concept where Paul went up to the elders and the apostles in Jerusalem, the ones who were reputed to be pillars, to explain this ministry he had to the Gentiles. And he was willing to submit it to them um, because they were the guys, you know. But, um, but it says in the scripture that when they recognized the grace that was on, him, on Paul to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, much like it, Peter had the grace to go to the Jews, uh, they gave him the right hand of fellowship. And this concept of recognizing grace on others is so necessary for the growth of the kingdom. Yeah, that's what I've observed, is that I see these folks. I remember on our last trip, you were in a room with 165 pastors. I mean, it was an amazing meeting, because normally you don't see that many pastors come together for anything. They were not there for us, per se. They were there for uh, a unity effort because of what was going on in their country. But yet I saw how God just gave you favor in your interaction with each of these pastors, some who you didn't even know, but were actually asking for, you know, opportunities to speak with you offline, chance to meet with you afterwards. I mean, that must have been a big lift to have that many pastors reaching out to you. How do you handle those that many requests to being, you know, uh -oh. to receive encouragement? Well, the whole concept of apostolic ministry to me screams delegation. Mm. Um, and really true apostolic ministry besides being sent is to train others to do similar ministry that we that we know how to do so that's ephesians 4 11 and 12 uh, that we train others to do the work of the ministry and the ministry i know is this traveling ministry that god's given us so I, we spread it out you know we travel in teams now you know honestly many people you know they you know they want the main guy they don't want you know the subordinates but what I do is I, I, I envision myself somewhat as a uh, as Tim the Tool Man. Um, I'm carrying tools. And so when I go overseas, and I, there's been times I've talked to pastors that I've met, and I said, you know, here's what our ministry does. You know, we can do marriage conferences, you know, youth conferences, evangelistic crusades, healing crusades, uh, prophetic um, ministry, and prophetic activations. Um, and I've got people in my toolbox. I don't do all those things. And I got people in my toolbox, so to speak, who do those things much better than I do. And so much like Paul vouched for Titus when he sent him instead of himself in 2 Corinthians 8, he says, I thank God who put into the heart of Titus the same concern that I have for you. I convince these pastors, if I can, I explain to these pastors that, hey, they've got the same heart. They're not going to be here to take advantage of you. They're going to be submissive to your authority in your church, and they've got a gift set that I can't bring. And that's kind of how the ministry has grown. And I've seen that. I mean, I've observed that, that transfer of trust. We've talked about some of the churches we go into, how we're influencing that culture. But now there's a culture within our team, isn't there? There's something you have set as kind of a standard in how we're to be humble, um, team-oriented. No individual is more important than the other. Uh, representing and ref and respecting one another's gifts that we bring to the table. You know, if I'm in one church that really seems like God's moving in a particular way, it may not be through the prophetic. Maybe it's through something somebody else has. We saw that in one of our recent trips with a brother who God just used so mightily. I, I just can't tell you how amazing it was to watch him. I mean, he's an elevator technician. There's nothing about him that would draw attention. He's not a pastor, but he stood in the middle of the building and the Holy Spirit hit it and changed lives and showed that he is faithful if a man's heart is open. 
So how have you seen God build the culture within the Heart of Titus teams that go? And what's important about that for you? We've been given opportunities to minister in churches over the years, but we ne never really felt like who we were was understood or accepted in many places. And there may have been a mental game on our part, I don't know, but ultimately uh, we understand the pain and the anguish of somebody who has a fire burning on the inside is really wants to serve God with the gifts that they have, but haven't found an outlet for that. And so with that understanding, I, I wanna give everybody an opportunity who's got that call, who's got that fire to use it for the glory of God. What do you see in people besides humility that they need to have if they're gonna be on one of these teams? I mean, obviously humility is important, but I mean, you're looking for other stuff too. What other kinds of things should they have? Well, they, uh, they really need to have a close walk with the Lord. We're on the way to that. Um, they need to have enthusiasm. They need to um, have a, a little bit of an adventurous heart in that they're willing to take some risks personally. Because like I said earlier, every time you leave your house in the morning, something strange can happen to you. And if you, you know, how much more so if you're traveling, you know, thousands of miles to a place that speaks another language in a completely different culture. Uh, there has to be a desire to mutually trust people, to work as a team, to be willing to take second seat or third seat if that's needed. Um, to really build up the body of Christ. And see, we call it team, but it's really just a, a small representation of, of the body of Christ. Amen. And, and everybody has to recognize that they've got a part to play there. We're talking about Heart of Titus Ministries, team ministry, and how that affects the long-term relationships that Pastor Tony has built, Pastor Pat have built overseas. We're gonna be right back. Uh, enjoy this break. At Heart of Titus Ministries, we've answered God's call to go to the nations. Our missions teams have seen God do incredible things as He proves just how great His salvation is. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, and the only one who gets glory is Jesus. That is our passion, to see the name of Jesus held high in esteem all over the world. Our teams partner with local churches in the countries we visit to bring God's Word to them. Our teams preach the Word, heal the sick, drive out demons, just as the Word of God said we would. We edify, comfort, and encourage the churches with prophetic ministry. We teach them how to improve their marriages with marriage and family conferences. We build up leaders with our leadership conferences. We win souls with our revival campaigns. And we make disciples all over the world by teaching them to do the very same things that we're doing. We rejoice at seeing God's people strengthened by His amazing grace. They are His church, our brothers and sisters, and everything we do in ministry is to build up their faith and encourage them to trust God even more. That is our goal with this TV show. We want to build your faith and encourage you to trust God more. We pray that our testimonies, teachings, and reports from around the world will stir you to not only love God more, but to go and do great things for His glory. At Heart of Titus Ministries, we believe that together, we'll see His kingdom come and His will be done all over the earth. We're back talking with Pastor Tony Nardello regarding team ministry within Heart of Titus. And I asked you before the break, 
what are things you're looking for beyond humility in the team members we send? Because obviously once you identify there's a core character and something there, what then are you looking for as potential team members that could go with us on a trip? Well, we're looking for gifts, Darren, that will help build up the body of Christ. In particular, um, you look at the Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Uh, their function is to build up the body, to build up the people so that they can do works of ministry. You know, I have to recognize in humility that as much as I might think I'm God's gift to the earth, when I go to a church overseas, I'm going to be there for a weekend, a week, a, you know, several weeks, but then I go back home or I go someplace else. And we need to train the people there to do what we do. So I'm looking for people that have those kind of transferable gifts and with who have the understanding that they are a vital part, even if they don't have the whole thing. Um, I think it's error scripturally for a minister to think that he's got the whole package. Mm. Uh, Apostles do, theoretically, uh, but that's a whole other story. Um, But an apostle is always looking to build up the church. He's always looking to build up the gifts within the church and the gifts that will work to build up the church. So, in a sense, what's happening is, is you're cultivating fivefold gifts that may or may not have an outlet for their ministry because they're serving in a church that maybe it hasn't realized it, maybe it hasn't manifested yet, or maybe it has, and yet you see an opportunity for them to go beyond where they are and have an impact. Well, that's true. And there are people that have already um, had very well-developed gifts, but they want to join with us. But you're right. The majority of people that travel with us uh, sometimes we don't even know exactly what their gifting is. We, we identify some germ of a gift, but with the experience they get overseas and the fact that they're willing to um, be mentored and, and to serve while they're being mentored, um, God will reveal the gifts. I mean, the, really the main thing we're looking for, and I hate getting back to this, but humility, character. Gifts are easy for God. He can pour gifts on anybody, but how many people have a faithful, humble, heart that won't use those gifts for their own personal glory. And if you're going to keep trust with churches anywhere, including overseas, uh, they have to know that what you're doing there is to help build them up, not to help build you up. So you're actually talking about maturity as well. I mean, you're talking about a maturity in Christ that needs to be evident. Of course, there's those I've had to put under my wing and kind of, you know, protect them while they're on the trip because they're not quite sure about the overwhelming. But then there's the leader that really needs to be a mature uh, uh, person who understands what they're there for, that it's not just about them, it's not just about drawing attention, it's about really providing windows of opportunity for their team, their, their, their traveling team with them to get up, to share, to communicate, much like you've done. So in a sense, those who saw the grace on you, we have to be seeing the grace on the ones that are traveling with us. Oh, that's exactly right. So that is a large part of what we do. I mean, we disciple people that travel with us and we teach them how to do these kind of ministries, um, healing, prophecy, evangelism, whatever. Um, I remember the, you, I wasn't there with you, but I remember your son the very first time he ever preached to anybody, he was in a church of over a thousand, and he had to get up and share the word. Yes, sir. Um, and boy, and I've traveled with him since that time, 
and the anointing of God on that young man's life is incredible. The healings we saw were just, you know, make your jaw drop. Right. Uh, it wasn't him, of course. It was the Lord Jesus Christ using somebody who was willing to submit himself um, and to humble himself and wait for his opportunity. Well, that's what I've seen is, is when we are willing to step back and not be the, the primary focus as leaders and put our team members in a position to be used, it's incredible to watch how God just, we, we kind of joke that it's like who has the briefcase that night because it's kind of like they're given a special access that night in that church to do something. And, it, and it's such an encouragement for them to be used like that because they get in the car and they'll tell stories about, God used me to touch this person that you know had a back problem or you know I led three people to the Lord. You know I've never seen that before. The whole church came forward. I mean, and, and to see them light up, it's almost like they're moving leaps and bounds in their understanding of their gifts and the grace that's on them in just a few days. No, it's really true. Um, I I kind of view our teams as a microcosm of the body of Christ. Uh, there's every gift needs every other gift, and just because somebody thinks that well, because I'm not the team leader doesn't mean that I can that I'm worth anything. You know, Paul says that's a lie. Or on the other side, the team leader can't say that well, just well, I'm the team leader, so I'm you know I'm God's gift to the world. He can't say that either. Everybody's got a function to play. Everybody's got an important role, and some may be more obvious than others. But everybody's important. That's not just on our teams. That's in the entire body of Christ. Well, I've noticed from your example that when I've taken teams out, that I find myself doing what you do, and that is stepping back, putting others out there, and they're like, you want me to do what? You know, <laughs> <laughs> They'll have to step up, minister in places that they didn't anticipate, and to watch God come through for them time and time again. Now, obviously, we're following the Holy Spirit. We're not just trying to... You know, expose somebody to an unsafe situation. It's just that the Lord leads us to do things. You know, He'll, you know, you need to step back and let so and so minister tonight, or you need to let them do that, or you do this part and they're going to do this part. And that is really a, one of the most wonderful things about following the Holy Spirit's guidance in discipling the next generation of leaders that are really going to supplant us and do bigger and better things than we've done. And that really is, I think, the heart of Titus, and that he himself went from just a guy who traveled with Paul to setting things in order in the church, finding others who could do the ministry he did and putting them in place. And I think the goal then becomes not so much getting titles as much as it is allowing God to bring that grace forth for the glory of Jesus and not being so concerned with how many people we impact or how big the, the event was but being connected to a body of believers who are committed to a, a cause that's the gospel, it's a partnership, and we're working together to see it happen. It's my desire to see that other people will watch the camaraderie and the mutual submission that there is on our teams and want to apply it where they are as well. Um, it is um, just so absolutely important that the whole church uh, be activated to move in their gifts uh, not just allow one person to try to do it all. Well, you're, what you're really talking about is is mentoring. It's kind of what the world's figured out is mentoring is kind of the big thing now. But in the church, I don't think we've done as good of a job of that on-the-job, you know, come come see me do it, then you do it, then I'll feed back on how you did it, you know. 
You don't I, see a lot of that. I you? was so blessed when I started this journey, you know, 25, 30 years ago, that I that there was a pastor with good experience and great anointing that decided to teach me the ministry. Um, and I didn't, honestly, I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have. I thought everybody had that experience, but I know that's not, I know that's not, I know there's a lot of people that are watching us or listening to us that would really like to have somebody like that. And I would just encourage them, pray. You know, that's what I did, says, God, what do I do? And he told me, and within days, you know, he hooked me up with this pastor, much older than I was, who uh, let, let me hang out with him and taught me the ropes and then gave me a chance and, and over time, and it was just a beautiful thing. Yes, Darren, I think we need much more personal investment in the lives, especially of those who are called to uh, these ministries that build up the church. Well, I love the model you built, and I'm very grateful for your humility to let men like myself explore what God has for them and the grace that's there. And I really appreciate what you shared today. I wanna to encourage our viewers that if you've really enjoyed what you've heard today, you can go to our website at the bottom of the screen and you can find all kinds of resources that are gonna help you in your faith. We have our YouTube channel where you can see other episodes of Let's Go. You can also find articles and resources to grow in your faith. And if you wanna be involved to help us financially, we'd certainly appreciate any consideration you'd give to make an investment that allows us to continue to share these kinds of things with those around the world. We're so grateful you're with us today and we wish you all the very best. Thanks for coming. We'll see you on the next episode of Let's Go.